Hello Solvers, welcome to the Solvers Edge, the podcast that takes you on a journey of why, how, and when does open innovation matter. I'm your host, Liliana Kachaniku, and today I'm excited to talk to Keaton Sweat, the co-founder of MindSumo, the open innovation management platform for millennials and Gen Z problem solvers. Have you ever been curious to know how students become innovators? I mean, without having to drop out. If yes, you're in the right place, because Keaton has done that very thing. Both, in fact. He both innovated and graduated, and then founded his innovation-enabling startup. Early on, Keaton recognized one of the biggest pain points in a student's lifetime, the one of landing a job after graduation. He empathized with students who felt that they didn't have enough choices or opportunities to make themselves credible to the companies that they were interested to work with after graduation. Many of us recognize that a resume, regardless of how necessary it is, it conveys only a glimpse into one's skills, talents, and passions. That communication becomes even more challenging if one tries to change sectors or industries. Keaton recognized that capstone projects could be a glue, a better way to showcase what students are capable of doing. Instead of presenting one's skills and talents on a piece of paper, capstone projects provide students with an opportunity to demonstrate what they can do for potential employers. For employers, on the other hand, they present a pool of potential talent to hire that their conventional channels may not reveal. Keaton figured out a way to solve this two-sided problem by co-founding the crowdsourced innovation management platform for millennial and Gen Z problem solvers, all while democratizing the opportunities for students around the world, and not only the ones in the US or the ones enrolled in colleges that offer capstone projects. Today, the platform has a community of over 800,000 users, has hosted over 3,000 challenges, and helped over 100 of Fortune 500 companies solve real-world problems. I'm certain that many of you are already curious to learn from our enabler today. I'm certain that many of you are already curious to learn from our enabler today. So let's get right into the conversation with Keaton Sweat, the co-founder and vice president of product innovation at MindSumo, the crowdsourcing platform for millennials and Gen Z problem solvers of real world problems. Kiran, it is a real pleasure to meet you and thank you very much for being our guest today. MindSumo was established to connect innovation seekers with innovation solvers among students in order to inspire innovation. Can you share with us what inspired you to make this connection? Yeah, sure. You know, first off, thank you for having me. It's, it's great to be here on the podcast and, and share a little bit about our story. Uh, so MindSumo was actually started based off personal experiences that I had and my co-founders as well when we were students. Um, I was lucky enough to, to be at a great university. And when I was studying, uh, there was a class that I was participating in where they actually brought in an outside client to work with us as students throughout the semester. And so instead of having our noses stuck in you know, theoretical coursework or textbooks, we were taking the skills and the knowledge that we had learned in the class and actually applied them to a real world project to see how we could generate value in the real world, not just in an academic setting. And this had a profound impact on me. Uh, and so my co-founders and I, we started thinking, how could this type of an experience be kind of harnessed and scaled to students all over the world? And so from those personal experiences, that's really why we started MindSumo, because we felt like there was, there was a need to do more to connect students to, to companies and organizations 
so that the students could take the creativity that they had uh, and, and contribute that to the problems that were being faced by organizations. And we thought that there was a lot of untapped value that was happening uh, or that existed between those two parties. Uh, so that was the purpose, trying to bring them together and using open innovation as the channel to, to make that happen. It is beautiful how you are exposing students to new experiences, but also exposing the organizations to new talent. But other than this, uh, I remember when we talked for the first time, you mentioned that before you established Mind Some More, you had talked to students to understand what they wanted. So can you share a bit more of like, what had students wanted that inspired you to take this endeavor? Sure, sure, definitely. So in all those conversations with students, something that we would hear over and over again is that students felt like they didn't have enough choices or opportunities to be able to make themselves credible to the companies that they were interested in. Um, you know, there, it's, it's actually when you look at the numbers, it's a very small slice of students who actually participate in internship programs during their college experience. A lot of places, you know, maybe they're not as prevalent or not as available um, as, you know, as, as we have in other universities. And so by, by giving students a chance to kind of put themselves on an even playing field with other students and, and let their work speak for itself through these open innovation challenges, it was a way for us to try to level that playing field for the students. And for the ones who weren't able to leverage internship opportunities or other, other resources like that, it was a chance for them to be able to come to MindSumo, participate in open innovation challenges, and be able to demonstrate through their skills and through their solutions and ideas that they really had what it took uh, to add value at an organization. And so we heard that over and over from talking to students is, you know, we want more, we want more chances to showcase our abilities. We want more chances to demonstrate why we can bring value and what we can bring to the table for an organization. Uh, and so we, we took that feedback and that's, that was really a guiding principle for us in the creation of the platform because we really feel you know, whether you go to Harvard or whether you go to a small community college, you know, in your hometown, if you can have a great idea and if you can demonstrate that idea through the work you can do in a challenge, that's going to really impress and stand out to a company, you know, even more so than, you know, a resume or even more so than, uh, you know, an interview. That's a way where you can really demonstrate your value. Uh, and so that was a big guiding principle for us in creating the MindSchool platform. I'm really excited to hear how you're reshaping this matching between talent and uh, and the corporates. The other thing that I remember from our earlier conversations is initially you had a focus on one kind of students or like students attending some programs and then you expanded. Can you share for our listeners a bit more about that expansion of MindSumo's value creation? Definitely, definitely. So early on, we did a lot more in the technical space, kind of working with computer science programs, engineering programs. And while that was, you know, while that was a good, successful place for us to start and we learned a lot, what we realized is these types of students, in many cases, they're actually the ones that have more opportunities to demonstrate their skills because of the nature of what they're studying and, and the, the ways that they're able to engage with companies. And so we started to see more of a need when, when we talk about some of the softer skills. Whether it's you know econ, you know business and marketing, it could be the humanities. You know, a lot of these students don't necessarily have those same opportunities, and we started to get more and more students signing up on the platform from these different disciplines. And so that showed us that instead of just focusing on you know te technical projects, 
uh, it opened us up to being able to do all sorts of different types of projects and challenges with the companies that we have on the platform because you know there are lots of different skills that can be tested and lots of different ways that students can engage with our clients it didn't just have to be around kind of this one technical piece um, and that was really exciting for us too because as that community started to broaden and get more diverse you know the one thing that open innovation has taught me is you never know where the best ideas are going to come from and i think that is that is a huge shift and a very needed shift when we talk about talent and how people are evaluated as as you know potential members of an organization it doesn't have to just be about you know what did you study and what you know what are the things that you did in university i think that you know people are able to learn new skills and they can demonstrate the value they can bring through something like a challenge so that even if I'm not, you know, even if I'm not the right major per se, even if I didn't study the right thing, uh, you know, I can grow into a role or I can still bring value in certain areas. Um, and that's only going to be demonstrated by actually take, taking a look at what someone can participate in and contribute to a project. You know, if you just look at someone's resume, you're never going to capture that. And so for us, you know, as the, as the community broadened and got more diverse, it was really exciting to see how companies were engaging with different types of students that they normally wouldn't have because of their background or because of their resume or their experience, uh, but they were still able to see how those students were bringing a lot of value. And that led to a lot of really good outcomes, both for the companies and the students, because the challenge, like I said, it leveled that playing field for everyone to be able to show on that even playing field, what value can you contribute? Um, and it doesn't matter if you went to this school or that school, it doesn't matter if you studied this or that, if you can have a great idea and you can, you can bring that to the challenge, uh, then that's going to be a great demonstration for the company of, of what you're able to do and the capabilities that you have, um, which, like I said, led to really positive outcomes on both sides. You concluded also with a very interesting term, and that is the outcome. The ultimate goal of open innovation at the end of the day is about also like is about sourcing these innovative solutions for the companies or the, as we call them in our series, the innovation seekers okay. with over 1,500 challenges that MindSumo has sponsored so far. What have you learned uh, to be the core elements that define the success of open innovation, even for the sponsoring organization, the seeker? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think in many cases, it depends on how and why the company is using open innovation, because I think that there are different reasons you can do something like a challenge. For, some, for an organization, you know, it could be a very specific idea that you're looking for, maybe for a new product. And so then the success can be determined on, did we get an idea which is going to help us bring this product to market? And if we did, you know, that is a success. Whereas another company might do an open innovation challenge for to identify, you know, kind of future trends, try to get an understanding of what is happening in a, in a particular space. And were we able to understand that in a way which can help inform the strategy that we're building? And so for us, it's really a customized process with each client. And that's why when we do open innovation challenges, we work with each client individually to create that, that customized brief, you know, that customized scope of what the project is so that we can identify what are the things that are going to make this a success for you. Is it one specific idea where if you get an idea which you love, you're, you're thrilled about it? Or is it more about, you know, kind of sourcing broader trends and themes and, and insights from an audience like MindSumo's? And so for us, having the flexibility to really go deep with each client and customize, you know, kind of customize those factors of, or those elements of success um, is really what allows us to then try to deliver the most value to the challenges we create. 
because you know whereas one company it might be a very specific idea for another company it might be something very different and so you know i think i think when we talk about what success looks like from an open innovation standpoint um, that's why it, it, it's not a one size fits all because it really depends on what the needs of the company are and why they're using open innovation to try to get to those solutions to solve those problems. So in Mindsumo's case then, have you seen or have you witnessed any examples when the sponsoring organization either recruited a number of students that had solved something for them through Mindsumo platform or took on board the, the solution that has been created and turned that into a product of theirs? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That those are the most exciting times, right? When we were able to see the value which is created on both sides of that marketplace. And so, one example, you know, one example that I really like is uh, we did a we did a challenge a number of years back with a large manufacturing company, and they had a they had a challenge which was basically around trying to design a new component on one of their products uh, to make it to make it easier to use. You know, I can't go into the the exact specifics, but it was it was a kind of an engineering challenge you know with one of with one of these products that they had and we had a student from MIT who had a really phenomenal idea something that they had never thought of um, and as part of that not only was the company able to patent and prototype that you know that piece of IP they actually ended up implementing it into into the product itself and you know the, maybe my favorite part of the whole story is that they were able to also use that experience to leverage it into a hiring conversation with the student. So they actually ended up hiring this student to come and help in the implementation of this solution that he had, he had come up with as part of the MindSumo challenge. And when we followed up with the student and asked him about his experience you know, using MindSumo and you know, participating in this challenge, what he told us was, when I started to work on the challenge, I never would have considered this company as a potential employer. You know, it wasn't on my radar. It wasn't something that I would have even thought of. You know, it was more just an interesting problem, and I wanted to see if I could solve it. But as he was able to see how his skills applied to the types of things that they were working on, and as he was able to kind of build a relationship with the company through this challenge experience, uh, it really opened his eyes to the fact that hey, this might be a great opportunity for me, not just as a member of this challenge, but even you know beyond that, potentially getting hired by this company. And so. You know that's a that's an example that I I like to point to because not only was it a great outcome for the company from an IP and and product standpoint, but they were able to use it really as a recruiting tool where they could bring in this very talented engineer who never would have considered them otherwise, but because of the challenge, really got hooked into the things that they were working on and was able to see how he would able to be able to you know con continue to contribute value to the things that they were focusing on. The example that you shared, I think, is really the pinnacle of open innovation purpose in general. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I started this podcast series is the Open Innovation Results, the book of Professor Henry Chesbro, who teaches us that we have invested so much in the innovation generation, but less in absorption and in dissemination of innovation. From your experience, what I would like to learn is how can we amplify more of this type of challenges that turn the idea into a solution or recruit the solvers into the company to create even more innovative products in the future? How can organizations like yours shape that open innovation uh, experience to generate those type of results or outcomes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that, I think it needs to start with education. 
They need to start with educating the seekers on the value of open innovation. But also one thing that we've learned is making sure that they understand open innovation should not be approached as kind of a one-off, you know, put all your eggs into one challenge basket and hope that you get what you're looking for. Um, you know, open innovation and using this type of an approach to solution generation and problem solving is best implemented when you're doing it as a repeatable part of your process so that as you do more and more challenges, as you get further down kind of that innovation funnel, you're getting better at it with every single time. You're understanding, you know, what, what's going to make a better challenge. You're understanding how you're able to use challenges to, to kind of break up your problems into different pieces instead of trying to lump it all together for, you know, a, you know, a one-shot home run that you're going for. Um, because that's really been the difference between our clients who are successful and the clients who don't get the types of successes they're looking for. It's whether or not they're willing to invest in open innovation as a strategy instead of a one-time kind of Band-Aid solution to a problem that they're facing. Because just as with anything else, if you put all of your eggs into that one basket and you don't get back what you're hoping for, you know, if a company at that point kind of throws up their hand and says, well, we tried open innovation, it didn't work, we're just going to go back to the things that we've always done, um, you know, and, and we're not going to worry about this anymore, then those are, the, those are the organizations that are cutting themselves off from really realizing the value of open innovation. Because it has to be something which you commit to and which you actually build into your open, you know, as part of your innovation strategy. Because with all, you know, one thing that I've seen time and again for our clients, who are willing to make that investment and use open innovation as a repeatable process as part as part of their innovation strategy not only will they get better results but they will get better at using open innovation as a tool uh, as time goes on it's like anything you know if you if you exercise a muscle over and over again it's going to get stronger but if you do it once and then just leave it it's going to get weak it's going to lose any strength that it builds up and it's going to atrophy it's going to decay but, and it's the same thing with how companies approach open innovation. It can't just be this one-time engagement where they do it once and then they leave it alone. It's got to it's got to be repeated, or else you're not going to build that strength, and it's not going it's not going to generate the results that it otherwise could. And honestly, I think as we look to the future, the companies that recognize that and are willing to make the investment are willing to create their centers of excellence, are willing to bring in the right type of staff who can understand how to manage their open innovation you know, internally, those are the companies that are going to see the benefits. Um, you know, I, I think of an organization like NASA, which I think has done such a good job of, of really making open innovation a part of their strategy. And if, you know, let's talk about complicated problems, you know, NASA sending people to the moon, sending people to outer space, if they can derive value with such complex, thorny problems through open innovation, than any organization can, you know, I, I strongly believe that. And it's because of their commitment to that practice and their commitment and willingness to invest in open innovation as a part of their strategy. That's why they're seeing it as such a, a strong success. Um, you know, if they had just done it once and then left it alone, they never would have realized that. I love your concept of repeated open innovation, making it a strategy within the organization. And the reason why that repeat concept resonates with me is that as you repeat, you, especially if you're a for-profit corporate organization, you will be able to bring more and more of your other business units of the company in, and have their buy-in and uh, adoption of 
the open innovation as a method of choice to source some innovative solution, idea. From your perspective, where do you see the challenges to this repeated adoption of open innovation? What are the mm-hmm. biggest challenges that need to be overcome? Yeah, yeah, I think, it, I think it's a really good question. And I think it's something that any company within the open innovation space is thinking about. Because the good news is there are, there are players in the space that I think are doing a really good job with it and are, are kind of setting, setting the tone as the trailblazers, showing that it can work, you know, whether it's NASA or other organizations you know, that we've already talked about. But the problem becomes you know, taking it from those, that small group of early adopters to something where, you know, the herd then follows and everyone starts doing. And, you know, I think the challenge is, is finding that, you know, getting to that tipping point. And one thing that open innovation companies and platforms like Mindsumo, I think, need to do a better job of is, is standardizing, you know, what open innovation is and what it means to organizations across, you know, across the entire corporate sphere. Because right now there's, you know, there's many different platforms and they may use different terms and they may phrase things differently and open innovation may have a slightly different flavor depending on who you're talking to. And so that is a hard thing for organizations and corporations because, you know, depending on who they're talking to, uh, there, there isn't this standard, this standardized lexicon um, where everyone is drawing from kind of the same definitions, the same words, the same sources. Um, I think if we can do a better job of standardizing that and creating almost like an open innovation playbook that companies can follow, it's going to be a lot easier for them to go into their open innovation engagements with confidence because it's built off of established practices that have already been demonstrated by, you know, by big corporations and that have shown success. And so I think it's got to be a combination of the, the, you know, the enablers that you talked about, companies like Mindsumo and others working together to try to create that that common language and that, that common you know that common kind of system for success of what open innovation looks like um, and then also being able to evangelize and articulate that to the companies so that you know whether you're talking to PepsiCo or whether you're talking to uh, you know Ford or it doesn't matter the industry it doesn't matter the company you know they they are able to understand open innovation the same way that another company is instead of having all these different nuances that currently exist. And so I think that's one, that's one area where there's definitely some work to be done. Um, but I, I already know of, you know, a lot of people in the open innovation space that are working on that. You know, John Windsor is a name that comes to mind, uh, you know, from, from the open assembly. Uh, you know, he, he, I think is a real, a real pioneer and, and trailblazer in terms of trying to bring that, that standardization uh, you know, of the open innovation lexicon together. Um, and so I know that there are a lot of really smart people, you know, much smarter than me who are uh, who are already working on these problems. And it's definitely something we can overcome. Um, and if that community can really band together, uh, you know, I, just like with open innovation challenges, you know, the more people we can bring into it, uh, the greater the greater the chance of success I think we're going to have at overcoming some of these obstacles. This is encouraging and inspiring. And you almost answered my last question, but I would still love to ask it the way that I envisioned it. So then, according to you, what is the future of open innovation? Is it standardization or is it something different? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I think, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways I could go with this question. But when I think of the future of open innovation, a couple of things that come to mind is definitely one, that piece around standardization you know, turning open innovation into something as normal as, you know, a marketing department within a company, you know, something which everyone has, something which everyone understands and everyone sees the value of. 
And so, you know, getting to that tipping point where companies don't think this is a cool, interesting thing, but we don't necessarily need it or want it to something where, you know, everyone understands that they need it and it has to be a part of their strategy. So that's one piece. And the second, I think, kind of relates more broadly to what's happening with, with talent and the future of work in general. Uh, you know, the when we look at the global workforce, more and more people are kind of taking control over the skills that they're able to bring to the market. And, you know, doing that through other platforms where they can, you know, find opportunities, they can work for themselves. They don't necessarily need to be tied to one organization. And so as talent is kind of distributed in this global marketplace and people are able to pick and choose what they want to work on, open innovation fits perfectly into that because it, it really matches that open talent network where, you know, you don't necessarily need to only be working with a, a group of individuals in a physical office. You can be getting your ideas. You can be getting your solutions from people halfway around the world. And if they're the right person to solve that problem, then all the better for it. And so I think open innovation has a real role to play as we see this shift in the global marketplace. And as we see this shift of the future of work, um, open innovation, I think, is going to be a real central player in that. And it's going to be the companies who take advantage of this new model and who really build it into a part of their strategy. And like I said earlier, who make it a repeatable process which they recognize as, as valuable and integral to that strategy, they're going to be the ones who are, able, who are going to be able to reap the best benefits from open innovation. Um, and, and the companies who don't realize that, they're, I think, the ones who are going to fall behind. And so, you know, I know my hope, and I'm sure your hope as well, is that we see as much adoption as we can. And, and we, as the open innovation community, need to work hard to try to get us to that point. Exactly. And uh, the only vision that I would add, at least my vision, uh, similar to yours, yes, definitely make it integral part of every business strategy. But then also, we have to figure out ways how to make the open innovation approach accessible to small businesses as well. So then even small business, regardless of the size, has the courage, the infrastructure and the support needed to leverage either the power of their customers or their community in order to create something new and add value and continue to grow. Kiran, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today, and I am looking forward to a lot of similar conversations in the future. Yes, me too. And thank you so much for having me. And you know, here's to hopefully a bright future uh, where open innovation is, is something which everyone knows about and everyone's using. We look forward to it and we can make it happen together. Yes, thank you so much. Hello Solvers! The ancient Romans taught us that repetition was the mother of learning. But Keaton today taught us that repetition is the mother of open innovation mastery. As an enabler with such a rich portfolio of hosted and sold challenges, you do want to pay attention to the knowledge he shared today. So, if you are an aspiring innovation seeker, know that open innovation is not a one-time band-aid solution to your problems. Open innovation yields best results when applied as a repeatable process within the organization. Also, open innovation is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Depending on what your company needs are, customize each challenge in order to source the right innovative solutions to the problem. And lastly, open innovation challenges will match up with the talent that may never come under your radar. By centering the challenges on the problem you aim to solve, you convert them into a marketplace of potential employment for both you as an employer and solvers as potential employees whom your conventional 
recruitment channels may never reach. And if you're a student, consider solving problems posed by open innovation challenges in order to demonstrate to your potential employers what you can solve and what value you bring to the table for them. We hope you enjoyed the conversation equally and learned something new about open innovation. We'd love to hear from you. So email us at thesolversedge at captivategroup.com and share your key takeaways. If you like this episode, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you subscribe to our newsletter at www.captivategroup.com forward slash thesolversedge, we'll make sure you do not miss our future episodes.